23 Tishrei, Chaf Gimel Tishrei, Tzadik, his life, 24, 127. Once he was on his way to Medvedevka when he was held up and could not reach the town in time for Shabbat. He was forced to spend Shabbat in the village of Halav Kievka, not far from Medvedevka. The reason was that the horses were exhausted and unable to continue. The Rebbe was so late that he arrived in Halavkievka only a short while before the time for lighting candles. Afterward, when he came back to Breslov, he told us the whole story at great length. He said that as the horses were going along close to sunset, he wanted them to go at a very fast gallop. The horses did not want to carry on, however. The Rebbe compared it to the familiar dream experience of trying to escape and not being able to. The dreamer is convinced he has to get away, but he simply cannot move. This is how it was for the Rebbe then. He was extremely worried in case he would come to break the Shabbat, God forbid. Traveling along, he felt like someone being led down to hell. At that moment, the horror is endless. This was the degree of fear he had of being involved in a situation where there was even the faintest suspicion of infringing the laws of Shabbat. From the way he spoke, I had a glimmer of understanding of the terrible horror a person would feel as he was being led down to hell, God forbid. It is impossible to describe this in writing. The Rebbe repeated himself twice over in order to emphasize the awesome and terrible horror that falls on a person as he is being taken to hell. This was literally the fear the Rebbe had in his anxiety not to come to infringe the Shabbat, God forbid. This incident took place in winter time, just before Shabbat Shira. The Rebbe's delay was not something of minor importance. Quite the contrary. The purpose of his journey was to spend Shabbat Shira in Medvedevka. His supporters from various different towns were already assembled there. He was due to give a major Torah lesson and to perform the various tikkunim he had to accomplish, and do the work he had to do with his followers and through his Torah teachings. The Rebbe said that whenever he was due to give a Torah lesson at a gathering of his followers, he literally felt the same fear and turmoil that all Jews feel on the eve of Yom Kippur toward evening. This same feeling would descend upon him when he had to teach Torah publicly on Shabbat or on a festival. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, His Pilgrimage 5. On the day before Pesach, 5558, March 31st, 1798, the Rebbe emerged from the mikvah and told his attendant, This year I will definitely be in the Holy Land. During Pesach, the Rebbe spoke on the verse, Your path was in the great waters, and your footsteps were not known. Psalms 77.20 he pointed out the apparent contradiction between the two parts of this verse and gave a lesson reconciling them. In the course of his words, it became apparent that he had definite plans to travel to the Holy Land. 6. When the Rebbe's wife heard this, she was beside herself. She sent her daughter to ask him how it was possible for him to leave them without some means of support. The Rebbe answered his daughter, you can travel to your fiancé's parents. Someone will take in your older sister to live as a nursemaid. Another will take in your younger sister out of pity. Your mother can find work as a cook.
I will sell everything in the house for traveling expenses. When the Rebbe's family heard this, they all burst into tears. They wept bitterly, but he had no pity on them. He said, It is impossible without this. No matter what happens, I must certainly go. For most of me is already there, and the minority must follow the majority. The Rebbe said, I have set my heart on this journey to the land of Israel. I know that I will find my way blocked with countless barriers, but as long as my soul is in me, I will do everything in my power to go. While there is a spark of life within me, I will continue and let God do what is good in his eyes. 1 Samuel 3.18 The Aleph Bet Book Eating A. 1. Leave over a bit of your meal so that your sustenance will receive God's blessing. 2. A person's table purifies him from all his sins. 3. A person's table earns him the world to come, as well as a livelihood in this world. He is inscribed for good in the uppermost worlds, and is also rewarded with increased power and strength when he needs it. 4. The sins of delaying justice, distorting and corrupting judgment, and neglecting Torah study bring drought. People will eat, but will not be satiated. They will partake of their bread in measure. 5. Eating just a little causes one's heart to want more food, more so than when one has lost hope of eating and has eaten nothing at all. 6. Why were the Jews deserving of destruction? Because they delighted in the feast of that wicked one, Achashverosh. Kitzur Likutei Moharan 1, Lesson number 9 5. There are people who merit to say the words of their prayers with such honesty that their words give off light like a gemstone, which radiates its own light. There are others, however, whose speech is only like a window, which has no light of its own, but merely allows light to pass through it. This type of person can be illuminated only by someone else. Know that it is all in accordance with the level of truth. 6. When a person truly awakens himself to God, he thereby merits to break open the screens and obstacles that separate him from holiness, and to find the openings to go out from darkness to light. By this, he also merits to awaken other people with him, to stir other people to repent, taking them out of the darkness and bringing them back to God. 7. Each person needs to send up his prayers through the gate of his own tribe of the twelve tribes of Israel. However, it requires great merit to be able to do this. Therefore, every person must connect his prayers to the tzaddik of the generation, because the tzaddik knows how to match the gates to the prayers, and to send up each and every prayer to the appropriate gate. These twelve gates are signified by the twelve windows that are customarily built in a synagogue, which allude to the twelve tribes. 8. A person must see to it that he reaches such a level that he pours out his heart like water before God, and through this the Mashiach will come. May it be speedily in our days. Amen. 9. Those people who deny all miracles and who say that everything is merely a consequence of natural forces, who, when they witness a miracle, cover it up by explaining it in terms of natural laws, reject and undermine the whole concept of prayer.
For prayer is closely related to miracles, in that prayer changes what nature dictates, which is what we call a miracle. Such people also greatly blemish faith in God, because they do not believe that the Creator oversees His world. Furthermore, they blemish the land of Israel, the place of miracles, causing the fall into the exile in Egypt, as well as the other exiles, and they prolong the present exile. May God save us. Rabbi Nachman's Stories The King and the Emperor She then offered them some of the fantastically good wine that she had in the ship. She told them that she had never used this wine, since she had put it aside until the time came that God would arrange for her to meet her destined husband. She served the wine in twelve goblets, and said that each one should drink to all of the twelve women. They drank and became so drunk that they fell asleep. Come, she said to her companions, each one of you slit the throat of her destined husband. The women slaughtered all the pirates. They then found their treasures, which were greater than that of any king. They agreed that they would not take any copper or silver, just gold and precious stones. They threw everything that was not so valuable off the ship and loaded it down with the more valuable gold and precious stones that they found there. The women also agreed that they would not dress like women anymore, so they sewed themselves men's clothing in the German style. They then sailed on in their ship. Restore my soul, Rabbi Nachman's wisdom. 1. The more strongly a man yearns to come close to the service of God, the more the evil one throws himself against him in an effort to put him off. It is like when two men are fighting. One of them sees that the other is coming against him with extra strength, so he hurls himself against his foe with all his force in an effort to knock him down. As soon as some good is stirring in a man, the evil one knows instinctively and gears himself to strike against him. You have to be canny in this. Use every ploy in the battle against evil. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, number 10. 2. There are times a person imagines that he will never merit the life of the world to come because he is so distant from God. Still, he should be strong and determined. He should long for God, pine for Him, and do everything he can to serve Him in joy. Show willingness in your service. Show that you will serve God every moment, every day of your life, even without the reward of the world to come. Even if you are certain that you will still be condemned to Gehenna, all the same, God forbid, you must still do your part. Busy yourself with serving God. Grab a good deed here, a prayer or a snatch of Torah there, and God will do what is good in His eyes. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, number 48. Rabbi Nussan's Letters, Year 1, Letter number 14, With Thanks to God, Thursday Evening, Erev Shabbat, Vayigash, 5586, Breslov. Greetings and abundant salvation to my beloved friend. What can I say, my brother? You have a little idea of what I'm feeling. I cannot express more than that on paper. If you want the point of truth, if you seek it like silver, if you search for it like hidden treasure, you will look for truth in the palace of truth, constructed by men of truth, under the guidance of the master of truth. See Rabbi Nachman's stories, number 17, Two Palaces. Then you will understand awe of God, and you will discover knowledge of the divine. I am sure you know what I am alluding to, 
for the palaces of truth are mentioned briefly at the end of the stories. The truth of the matter is that you don't know anything. Wake up, my brother, from your foolish sleep. Remember your Creator while you are young. Don't forget everything that has happened to you in the short time that you have been so busily chasing after meaningless gratification, gods of silver. You lost what you had, and you gained nothing. You have thrown off the yoke of Torah, and you have accepted the back-breaking yoke of money-making. What are you chasing? A dead dog? A single flea? See 1 Samuel twenty-four fourteen. Please, my brother, do not be offended if my tone is a little harsh. It is only because, as you know, I care for you so deeply. If you read the letter I sent to your father, may his light shine. You will understand more about this, for everything in that letter applies to you as well. For God's sake, for God's sake, at least set aside time for Torah. Study the Shulchan Aruch every day with the large or at least the small commentaries. And study the Rebbe's books every day. Read Psalms every day without fail. Make sure to get to Uman at least once a year, which is the highest level. And if you can also arrange your trip to come and see me here, that would be even better. I cannot continue. Please respond immediately and explain everything in full detail. The words of your true and eternal friend, Nassan of Breslov. Also, be advised that with God's help, we are on the verge of salvation with regard to the printing. Through God's loving kindness and miracles, the letter from Vilna has already informed me that they will soon give me the permit to open the press. Then we will be worthy of spreading the Rebbe's teachings so that God's name may be glorified and sanctified in the world. Amen. May it be His will. The words of your dear friend, awaiting salvation at all times, Nassan of Breslov. Reb Nussin's Letters, Year 2, Letter Number 242 Warm greetings to all our comrades with a great love. These words were meant for all of you, too. Strengthen and fortify your hearts, all you who hope in God. For the sake of His great name, God will not abandon His people. For God knows the enormous love we have for every Jew, even the smallest, worst, and most inferior of them. What can we do, though? There are people who stir up strife for nothing. May the lying lips, which speak arrogantly against the righteous with pride and contempt, be struck dumb. How great is the good you have hidden away for those who fear you. Psalms 31, 19-20 How, in Hebrew, ma, describes this good, meaning the illumination of desire. Lekute Moharan 2, Lesson 7 Fortunate are the ears that heard all this. Happy the eyes that at least see all this in the Rebbe's holy books, with an eye for the truth. They will surely understand the real truth. Words of truth stand forever. After I wrote this letter, Rabbi Yaakov, the son-in-law of the Baal HaMagiyah, came to my house and brought me another of your letters. As you may have expected, I was pained by your letter particularly by the news that your wife wants to engage in fruitless, pointless stupidity. I have already answered you about everything. You, you also have to suffer the foolishness of ignorant men and women who want to engage in stupidity, i.e. medical treatments and amulets. It is all for the best, though, 
And this too is expiation for sins. For no pain is ever lost, and it is all counted as expiation for sin. My beloved son, may he live. Your pain is great indeed, and I am extremely grieved by your suffering. God have mercy. But you are too severe, and you make too much of your suffering. Everything I say is to minimize and play down the pain and suffering, and to find some relief or easement there within the sorrow. As the Rebbe wrote on the verse, In suffering you gave me relief. The Kutei Mohoran 1, Lesson 195. What you do every time is to magnify all your various troubles and suffering. You already see in your few short years that it is impossible to avoid suffering practically every day. The Rebbe wrote this explicitly. Know that every Jew must have some suffering every day. The Kutei Mohoran 2, Lesson 77. You also see from other people the immense blows, pain, worries, and suffering that come on every single person. Therefore, you must not exaggerate the pain. To the contrary, try to find the relief within the sorrow itself. God save us. Precisely through this, you will be able to thank God for the past and cry out over the future, that He should rescue you in His compassion from all kinds of pain and take you from trouble to full relief and send complete recovery to your son and daughter soon. Amen. May it be His will. Shemot HaTzadikim Eile Rashi Hamadina Asher Yashvu Birushalayim, Ataya Ben Uzia Ben Zacharia Ben Amaria Ben Shefatia Ben Mahalalel Mibne Paretz, Maasea Ben Baruch Ben Kol Jose Ben Chazaya Ben Adaya Ben Yoyariv Ben Zacharia Ben Hashiloni, Salu Ben Meshulam Ben Yoed Ben Pedaya Ben Kolaya Ben Maasea Ben Etl Ben Yeshaya, Gabi Salai. Yoel ben Zichri, Yehuda ben Hasanua, Yedaya ben Yoyarev, Yachin, Saraya ben Chilkiah ben Meshulam ben Sadok ben Marayot ben Achituv, Adaya ben Yerocham ben Palayla ben Amtsi ben Zachariah ben Pashchur ben Malkiah, Amashsai ben Azarel ben Achzai ben Meshilemot ben Imer, Zavdiel ben Hagdolim, Shemaya ben Chashuv ben Azrikam ben Chashavia ben Buni, Shabtai, Yozavad, Matanya ben Micha, ben Zavdi ben Asaf, Vakbukia, Avda ben Shamua, ben Galal, ben Yudutun, Akuv, Talmon, Tsicha, Gishfa, Uzi ben Bani, ben Chashavia, ben Matanya, ben Micha, Petachia ben Meshezah. Renaissance Prayers 1, Prayer number 12. Please, Hashem, loving God, our spirit is so crushed. Have pity on us. Protect me and my children, my descendants, and those of all your people, the house of Israel. Keep me well away from those who have gone astray from the true path. Compassionate God, don't ever let my Torah study turn into fatal poison, God forbid. Don't allow the least hint of opposition to the true tzaddikim ever come into my heart as a result of anything I study. Don't let me ever study for my own self-aggrandizement or in order to chide especially when studying the Oral Torah, the Gemara and its commentaries, and the Law Codes. Hashem, God of love, save me from even the least hint of pride or arrogance. Don't let me ever be sly and over-clever in any way. 
Let me never harbor doubts or questions in my heart about the true tzaddikim of the generation, and certainly never let a single insolent word against them leave my mouth. Let me never insult their honor in any way, God forbid. On the contrary, let my studies bring me to a close bond of connection with the true tzaddikim. Let me accept their authority, believe in them, and subordinate myself to them. Let me embrace the dust of their feet and drink their holy words thirstily all the days of my life. And so too, my children, my children's children, and those of all your people, the house of Israel, from now and forever. Let me come close and bind myself to the outstandingly great truths of Deacon, who have the power to bring all the twisted words of slander spoken against the truths of Deacon back to their holy source, and use them to reconstruct the original Torah laws from which these evil words of the enemies of the truth developed. For they used their study of the oral Torah to twist the words of the living God, so as to give themselves an opening to speak out insolently and contemptuously against the tzaddik. Loving God, through the power of the true tzaddikim, let me become genuinely sanctified and purified, until I too can attain this wisdom and know how to sift through these twisted words and transform and elevate them back to their holy root so as to turn them into genuine Torah laws. Help me lift up the Shekhinah from her exile and bring her to rejoin her beloved in love, brotherhood, and friendship, embracing, kissing, and perfectly unified. Help me humble and break all those who have set themselves in opposition to the truth and let me take their prey from their mouths. Put truth and faith into their hearts, and let them realize the truth. Let them come back to you genuinely and wholeheartedly. Reveal the truth and spread it throughout the world, and fulfill the verse in the Psalms, Truth will blossom forth from the earth, and justice will be seen from the heavens. Let peace reign among all the members of your people Israel forever. Let me serve you happily at all times, Help me be one of those people who bear insults without returning them, who do not answer even when they hear themselves abused, who act out of love and rejoice in their suffering. Grant us all holy wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Let us come to learn the Holy Torah for its own sake at all times and return to you truly and sincerely. Let abundant blessings flow down to us from the source of blessings. And let us do your will in truth all the days of our lives, we, our children, our descendants, and all your people, the house of Israel, from now and forever. Amen. Selah. Prayer number 13. Hashem, you dwell in the most exalted heights, yet your watchful care extends to the lowest of levels. Your people look to you as servants look to the eyes of their master. We prostrate ourselves before you, we stretch out our hands toward you. Shine down upon us from your holy place and help us carry out the will of our Maker in awe and reverence. Watch over us, protect us, and take perfect care of us and bring us all back to Eretz Yisrael like doves to their nesting place. Master of the universe, you hear all prayers and entreaties and listen attentively to the cry of the needy. Master of the entire world, you know my heart. I am unable to express my prayer to you in an orderly way. I am surrounded by countless troubles. My sins have caught up with me. 
I cannot see a thing because of them. They are more than the hairs on my head. My heart has gone out of me. Hashem, loving God, what should I do? Where should I search in order to find genuine relief? I know how totally far away from you I am, because of all the wrong I have done from my earliest days until today. Day after day I have sinned. I am covered with blemishes from the soles of my feet to the top of my head. There's not a single healthy spot. Not only have I been unable to make even the slightest movement from the profane to the holy, I haven't been able to control myself in the least. I've done one bad thing after another. I couldn't begin to specify even the minutest fraction of my countless sins or assess the damage I have caused. What can I say? What can I say? Hashem, you know that it would be quite impossible for me to recount how much damage I have done, even the little good I have done, at least what on my level is called good, has been riddled with imperfection. How can someone like me, covered with sores and impurity, step forward and ask you to help me and save my soul from destruction and bring me to the light of life? But if I were to say I've lost all hope in God, that would be worse than everything else put together. Through your prophets and your holy tzaddikim, you have taught us that one must never give up and lose hope in God. The True Tzaddik Loving God, you have planned everything for our ultimate good, and you have sent us the remedy even before the wound. You have sent us true tzaddikim, holy ones now at rest in the earth, who have been our support and refuge. Because of the awesome good they did, you gave them the power to elevate all those who had the privilege of coming genuinely close to them and to bring them back to you in complete teshuva. They even had the power to lift up my poor soul and restore it after having been so terribly shattered, so tired, so hungry, so thirsty, and so bitter. Together with all the other souls gathered around them, I too was uplifted and inspired, proving that there is hope for the lowly. What a privilege it was to see Tzaddikim who had such powers and more. How fortunate were the souls who used to ascend to such heights of devotion with the help of these Tzaddikim and experience renewal.